everybody. Thank you so much for being with me today. We are in the second chapter of Zechariah. So go ahead and open your Bible there. And I want to urge you to pray today for God to give you an opportunity to invite someone to church this week. Pray today God gives you an opportunity today to have a gospel conversation with someone who desperately needs it. And pray today God gives you the courage to speak when that opportunity is there. All right, Zechariah chapter 2, and as I mentioned yesterday, this continues the vision and message that God gave Zechariah the prophet for the people that started in the middle of chapter 1 at verse 7. And um, I did say one thing incorrectly yesterday. I, I said that tomorrow, which is today, this devotion, you would see uh, 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 how the ancestors of the of, of the people of Zechariah's day um or religious, but uh, not godly. That's actually, you'll see that tomorrow when we look at chapter at chapter 7. So I wanted to clear that up. Anyway, th this vision, this chapter is really encouraging because he's speaking to the exiles who's, who've already returned from the 70 years of captivity in Babylon and Persia. And they're in Jerusalem and Ju Ju Judah uh, and, uh, or Judea and, or Judah. <laughs> I get them confused sometimes. Um, and, but he's also saying to the exiles who are still living in the lands to which they were carried away as exiles decades earlier, he said, hey, come home, come home, come on back to Jerusalem, come on back to Jerusalem, come back to your homeland, come on, come on, come on back. He's inviting them to come back. And he's saying that God will protect you and God will bless you. And one of the verses in this vision where he, where he says that, that really speaks to my heart is verse 8. Uh, for, for thus says the Lord of hosts, after glory, he has sent me against the nations which plunder you, uh, the nations that had uh, plundered the people of God, the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, you know, going back to, to the Assyrians uh, who, who plundered the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 B.C., and then later the Babylonians who plundered the southern kingdom of Judah and, and from 605 all the way down to 587 B.C. when they destroyed the city and the temple and carried people away. And, and, and he said the, the people, and, and then the other surrounding nations who were always, who were always uh, uh, trying to hinder God's people. He said, um, thus says the Lord, he who touches you, touches my people, touches the apple of his eye. He who touches. In Zechariah's day, he's saying to the, the, any nation out there that touches this, this, this fledgling nation that's, that's seeking to rebuild itself after 70 years of exile, any nation that touches them, they are touching the apple of God's eye. What a beautiful way of saying, God saying to the Jewish people, you're special to me. You're the apple of my eye. And I want you to note that there's a messianic promise in this chapter in verse 11. As the vision's moving toward the end, after the restoration of the nation, he says, many nations will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. That did not happen during the, the time of Israel's existence, Judah's existence. Many nations 
will join themselves to the Lord, to the Lord in that day, and will become my people. Hosea, the prophet, centuries earlier said, the day is coming when those who are not my people will be called my people. And Paul quotes that in the New Testament. This is a messianic promise referring to the new covenant that Jesus established with his sacrifice on the cross. And so now God's people are Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus. No one is God's people today because of human blood. Anyone who is a part of God's people, God's family today, it is not because of human blood flowing through their veins. It is because of the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary to wash away our sins and bring us into the family of God, Jews and Gentiles, believers, believers. That's the part that he's talking about here in this vision. This was a vision that reached back 500 years before Jesus to these Jews who were coming back home all the way into the future beyond you and me today. God will have a people in all the nations, Gentile and Jew, loving Jesus, following uh, Jesus. The apple of his eye, yes, when Zechariah preached, it was the people there in Jerusalem. Today is anyone and everyone, anyone and everyone who loves Jesus Christ with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might, and with all their strength. I want, I want to, in closing, to call your attention to something Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. It's a beautiful verse and one that we often misread, miss the real message of it. And I'd like for you to open your Bible and look at it with me, please, to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse, verse 6. And the context is Jesus is, 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 is talking to the disciples, and, and, and there are children there. And he says, you have to humble yourself like a little child. That's the, the one who humbles himself like, you know, little children are humble and trusting. The one who does that will be great in the kingdom of God. But notice verse 6. In anyone, if anyone, whoever, whoever causes one of these little ones, is he talking just about the little kids who were there that day and kids around today? No. Because in verse 4 he says, if, if you're going to be great in God's kingdom, you have to humble yourself like a little child. And in verse 5, whoever does that and then you receive those, hey, you receive me. But, but verse 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me. See, all true believers have humility, submission to the Lord. And whoever causes, does God... Does God Care about little children? Yes. But if you read this passage, it's only talking about little children. You actually miss the point Jesus is making. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me, all of us who believe in him have humbled ourselves like a child. Jesus, we need you. We have no hope of heaven without you. Whoever humbles himself like a child believes in me. And someone causes that believer, that believer, that humble believer to stumble in his or her faith, to stumble in his or her walk with Jesus, he says it would be better 
for him, for that person who causes the one to stumble, be better for that one, to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. When you read the whole passage, it becomes pretty obvious what he's talking about. In other words, God's people are always the apple of his eye. And those, and I think about the people in our culture who go out of their way to intimidate, who go out of their way to seeking to destroy the faith of believers. So I think about our high school students who go off to liberal universities and professors who take glee in tearing down another person's faith. Oh, brothers and sisters, they are, they are harming the apple of God's eye. And oh, how horrible it will be for that person on the judgment day. You don't harm God's people and get away with it forever. If you have humbled yourself like a child and you're a follower of Jesus, be glad. And when people try to discourage you or people try to damage your faith, just say, I'm the apple of God's eye. I don't care what you do, what you say. I am the apple of God's eye. He loves me and he died for me and I'm going to be okay. And you need to repent because if you don't, I'm talking about the one who's hurting you and your faith. Oh, oh. This chapter, this vision is a, a warning and a word of encouragement. And how it strikes you depends on who you are. Hey, that's the word for today. I'll see you tomorrow as we look at chapter 7. God bless you, everybody.